Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. All right, welcome to another episode. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm excited to do our first interview with two people at the same time. I've got Dr. Michael Massey and Dr. Rob Pape. If Dr. Rob Pape sounds familiar, he was uh, on an episode not that long ago where we had a great chat. Uh, today, I brought both of them on because, you know, frankly, they've been doing so much for the profession and doing a ton in regards to the basics of getting the practice going and admin and billing and documentation, all the stuff. And then Rob's done a ton clinically as well. They both speak in front of folks. They're both a big part of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. And so I wanted to get them on because they are working on something that's very exciting called the Practice Mechanics. And uh, we'll dive into some of the information as we chat. I, I've become friends with both of them through some of the travels and some of the online uh, engagement that we've had. And so it's been fun to grow with them over the last couple of years and really excited to have them both on the on the show. Before we do that, I want to let you know that actually Dr. Bobby Maybe and I, we have a four-part video series coming out in September. So video one is going to be in on September 26th. It's going to come out and then we'll have four total over about a 10-day period of time. And each one's going to give you a lot of action to uh, really uh, take into consideration and implement into your your practice and your life. And video one, I talk about what I think it takes uh, to be a thriving chiropractor. I also talk about the four freedoms and how we can try to achieve uh, freedom in time, money, purpose, and relationships. And then I also talk about how you can start to actually take action without just thinking about it and talking about it, but actually doing it. And what the kind of the blueprint of for me has been to really take action and push the envelope, whether it's in practice in my life or doing certain things like, you know, launching this podcast a couple years ago or public speaking or writing a book, things of that nature. So uh, I'm going to dive into that in video one. Video two, we break down the audience builder. This has really become the essence of what I work one-on-one with uh, chiropractors and also inside of the Chiropractic Success Academy. And we break down how to really get a clearly defined audience and then a clearly defined message through that. And I go through the whole thing with a whiteboard. There's going to be downloads you can use to go through this yourself. So we really give you a lot of action-packed items in video two. Uh, Video three, we outline the success path of what I think, what we think is going to be that blueprint for that thriving chiropractor and and how you can do that. So that's a video three. And then video four, we try to put it all together for you. So register for that. It's free videos. All you need to do is go to bit.ly, so that's bit.ly slash CSA success path. If you go there, you can register for that and you'll get that emailed to you and be able to see video one when it comes out, video two when it comes out and so on. So check those out. It's going to be a lot of good information in there and we're excited. We, we, done, we did these videos professionally, professional videographer and the whole nine yards. So it kind of go, goes back to what I was saying about that uh, 
the blueprint for me of being able to push that envelope and having the confidence to, to do certain things that are outside my wheelhouse. So that was, that was one of them. Teleprompter and the whole nine yards really spent a lot of time putting that together. So it was a lot of effort, but I, I think you'll enjoy it. So register for that. And without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Michael Massey and Dr. Rob Pape. All right. Welcome to the show. We've got our first one where we've got multiple guests at the same time. We're fortunate enough to have Dr. Michael Massey and Dr. Rob Pape on the line. Uh, not that long ago, we had Rob on. We, we had a good time chatting. And so we wanted to get the, the two of these gentlemen together because we've got a lot of good information to dive through and they're, and they're working together on some exciting stuff. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, uh, introduce yourself since it's the first time you've been on our podcast, uh, Dr. Massey, and we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, my name is Michael Massey. I practice in Athens, Tennessee, uh, pushing 30 years in practice now, certified procedural coder and do some other stuff, uh, expert witness work and things like that. My forte is the boring stuff, you know, documentation, coding, you know, risk management and that kind of thing, but it's stuff people need and, and somehow I found a way to enjoy it. You must be a glutton for punishment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to be. <laughs> Rob, you're in New York this this particular weekend. We talked about that on our last time we were uh, on this show. You're back and forth by coastal. How's everything going since we last spoke? It's going really well. It's going really well. We're working hard and, and we're we're getting a lot done these days. And the travel is fun, but I don't recommend it for everyone. It's it's not for everybody. That's for sure. It's not for everyone. People have been asking me about it, and they're like, "How do you do that?" And I'm like, "Well." I don't even conversation. I don't even like to travel between my two practices, and they're about an hour away. <laughs> you know, it's it's the time zone thing mostly. If you change the time zone, it's problematic. It is all right. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, you 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 kind of touched on it the the boring stuff. Uh, I think sometimes that's where the the gold lies. And I've talked to a lot of chiropractors, and you know, everything is shiny object of you know marketing and new patients and all those things, but unfortunately, we're seeing a, a huge issue in the profession of, of not getting the basics uh, right first. And they try to build this house on quicksand and it, it just doesn't work. It, it may work for a little bit, but it comes back to get you. What are your thoughts on, on that? And then we'll just dive into some specific topics. Oh, I completely agree. And there's probably a lot of reasons for that. I mean, number one is it's not an emphasis in school. Once people get out, they either learn it from other people who have learned bad habits or who have given bad advice or who have skirted along carefully and not really done exactly what they should to be compliant and comfortable, et cetera. Um, also, you know, we're clinicians and clinician clinical stuff is what we work on most, most, you know, so the other stuff is sort of a secondary interest to us until we get out in business and then we become business owners and we have to actually do these things. And, mm -hmm. And we learn, you know, trial by fire a lot of times. Yeah. You know, I've actually come up with the analogy recently. When you're talking about certain things like notes and obviously coding, the things that we, we have to do, it's almost, it's almost like having to pay taxes, right? It, like <laughs> your money comes in and you can do stuff with it. But then when you have to write the check to the IRS, it doesn't move the needle in your life and it sucks and you hate it, but you have to do it. Right. And it's the same thing with some of the things in practice where it's like, okay, yeah, like, you know, you, you love to treat patients or maybe you like to network and grow your practice and having to do notes and having to do coding doesn't move the needle in the sense of a lot of things, but, but you have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And, and just like the paying the taxes, like if you're going to have to do it, you, you really have to do it the right way. And unfortunately, not a lot of people are doing the notes and the coding 
the right way. <laughs> and, and that's a problem. That's true. And, and, you know, just like paying your taxes, you know, I always have heard it spun the other way that you should celebrate when you have to pay taxes. I mean, you made money. And I think when it comes down to coding and billing and documentation, you should kind of celebrate that or else, you know, if you didn't have people coming in the door, you wouldn't have that work to do. And I know it's a glass half full, half empty kind of thing, but it's, it's really what I kind of teach people that it's not a chore. It shouldn't be a chore. It should be almost a, you know, celebration is probably a strong word, <laughs> but it is, uh, you know, it's something you should, should be glad you're doing as opposed to sitting there looking out the window. I, I know you both um, have a really good kind of pulse of the profession. Rob, uh, I know you speak a lot at out in the West Coast and you get, and you just, I mean, both are just super involved online and offline. What are the, some of the things that you're noticing in this realm, Rob? Well, we're noticing that people are, they're a little afraid because they don't have the right information oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And they almost hamstring themselves in practice one way or the other. Right? They, they are either too afraid to step out or they're too bold and they don't understand why, why they're risking something. And uh, for chiropractors who are trying to follow the rules mm-hmm. and do it right, they're up against a backdrop or a market where peop- there's so many people who they're willing to bend to break the rules or just completely to ignore them mm-hmm. that they're really caught between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. W- would you say, Rob, that it's, it's, it definitely can be hard to follow the rules? <laughs> well, if you don't know them, mm-hmm. it's impossible. Okay. Right. It's, if, and there's so much information online where you're getting half the story mm-hmm. and then, and then some bad advice. Yep. Um, so if you don't know them, then you can't follow them. And if you have any sort of risk aversion, you're just going to stay in a very small corner. Mm -hmm. And if you know them, but you don't care about them, well, you can probably do really well for a short period of time, but that's Mm going to catch up with you. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I think what happens too is maybe they, they just say, well, everybody else is doing it (laughs) (laughs) That, that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we see a lot of people who they're getting frustrated in their practices because the guy down the road is willing to bend and break the rules and mm-hmm. they get, they're losing, they lose patience because of it. Yeah. It's like we see online all the time. It's like, oh, you get so that, you know, the chiropractor talks about the stories of the patient coming in and the patient says, oh, well, my other chiropractor didn't charge me the copay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's frustrating. It, it's super frustrating. I yeah, imagine. I mean, and if you're if you're the patient, mm-hmm. you have to look at it from the patient's point of view. Uh, you know, people people are are counting their pennies these days. Our patients are mostly not rich people, right? Yeah. So for most chiropractors out there, they're dealing with regular folk, mm-hmm. and the patient ha- is on a budget. And if the offerings uh, between two different offices are the same. Mm-hmm. or indistinguishable, if there's nothing that makes one so clearly better and obviously more valuable than the other, why wouldn't you go to the, the office where they don't charge you a copay? Yeah, no, because you got to realize from their perspective, the patient's perspective, one is they don't really know all the rules and laws. Like They, nope. they, they can't comprehend that you can't wave a copay uh, ethically and legally in a lot of cases, right? They, right. they, they just can't comprehend that. Uh, and, then and they two, don't care. 
I was gonna say, in the two, they don't care. Why would they it's, care? It's not their concern. Right? They ain't going to jail. They don't yeah. have the IRS coming down on them. They don't have the insurance companies coming down on them. They, yeah. They're just they just want to feel better and spend the least amount of money doing it. Mm-hmm. And in, unless you uh, separate yourself and show them that you are worth the money, yeah. then you've lost them. Okay, perfect. So, you know, I talked to a lot of chiropractors and, and obviously, uh, you know, it's marketing, it's business that gets to a lot of the, the attention. And that's what I talk a lot about. But when I do have one-on-one calls with chiropractors, um, I, I discuss how important the foundation is of their business. And this lends itself uh, to that. So, so Mike, with that being said, like if you you know, you're going to layer on good marketing and, and business and that stuff. What are you seeing from the chiropractor that's got you concerned the most as it pertains to some of what we're just chatting about now is getting the, the basics down, right? I mean, basics, they're just, they're not starting off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Their documentation is kind of shoddy. Uh, their general understanding of, you know, how to proceed with, if they're going to deal with insurance carriers is you know not so great and if they're deciding they're going to be cash they don't really know always how to handle a cash patient mm-hmm. and make it appropriate make their, their billing appropriate and their collections appropriate for those people yeah. and that that's the biggest frustration i think is just, just getting off on the wrong foot mm-hmm. and then like you said before and you alluded to before it's a shiny object on the horizon they see people who seem successful and so they'll kind of reach out to them sometimes and find out what has made them so successful mm-hmm. and they'll find out that they're walking in gray area they're, they're you know, nibbling off the edges of what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, we have a propensity within our profession, it seems like, to, to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. They're willing to take that risk that they're doing something wrong long enough that even if they do get busted, they've made enough money to pay the penalty. You know, mm-hmm. that's the philosophy of some of these people. And it's really kind of scary and concerning. And, that, and that's kind of my thing is how we're being led and who we're looking to as authority and, you know, to get our information and our who to design ourselves after that kind of thing. Okay. So I want to, I want to kind of bifurcate this into two things now, and I'm going to start with you, Mike, and then the second part will go to you, Rob. I feel like and there, there may be more to this, but for me, I feel like there might be a couple things at hand here. What one is ignorance, not understanding all the different things. Like, so not understanding that, you know, if you've got that patient that's got a in-network deductible now, where it used to be that $30 copay, now it's a deductible. You're downcoding because you feel bad that now the charge is added up to $61 instead of the $30. So essentially, it's double cost uh, for that. And then the and we'll, you, and my, you and I will talk about that, Mike, in a second. And then the other path is, is, is they, they know the, the rules. They know what should be done but they don't have the confidence in doing it the right way and actually being able to grow a practice. And so Rob, we'll kind of talk about that in a second. So let's go back to that first one where just that ignorance level or, you know, it's different Medicare versus, versus auto insurance versus this states are different. There's all these different things. So can you touch on, on that a little bit as just that confusion and not understanding it all? Yeah. I mean, it comes back to, you know, things we'll say over and over again and it's, confidence and competence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you don't know, you don't know, you know, you don't know how to proceed if you're not comfortable with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you don't have confidence in the, the service that you're delivering, that it's quality service and that you are justified in what you bill, then you're going to 
tiptoe around and you're going to make a, you know, excuses and apologies to patients for what you're actually trying to collect from them, or you're just going to cut things in a way to keep everything uniform because you're afraid your, your confidence level is so low that you're afraid you're going to run the patient off or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, patients are savvy. Patients understand what they're getting. Uh-huh. And if, if they're getting a quality service and getting good results, they're willing to pay whatever it takes most of the time. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they are conditioned somewhat if you're dealing with insurance plans to focus on what's in the insurance plan and what doctors are on my panel and what's the copay when and all that kind of thing. But they also know most of the time that when that's time to pay, they got to pay. So, you know, that, that's, that's part of it too, is that doctors don't realize that they, they feel almost apologetic for doing the right thing yeah. when patients yeah. kind of expect you to do the right thing. And um, it kind of goes back to, you know, having that clinical competence, like you mentioned, and, and knowing that you're good and you've done a lot of work to become a good chiropractor. Uh, and that's a huge part of it. And then also communication skills and being able to communicate and having your staff communicate with that patient on uh, how the insurance is working and, and things of that nature. Right. right. Patient communication, patient education, or I think are, are not emphasized enough, mm-hmm. especially early on. And even, even people who've been out there a long time, don't explain things the way they should. Mm-hmm from the clinical side or the administrative side. And that would solve a lot of things if they did that well on the front end. Or think about how tough it is. I think it doesn't get said enough, but let's say you get that patient that comes in, in network insurance, has an acute issue. You treat them a couple times a week for a few weeks or whatever. They're completely good. They're feeling 100% functional. Everything's good. You discharge them from that treatment plan, but they want to come in once a month. But when they come in, the next few times, they're 100%, right? How do you communicate to that patient that um, they may not be an insurance visit? Well, that's the challenge too. And a lot of people try and sneak that one under the rug as they go ahead and file it anyway. But those who are compliant tend to do a good job of separating those things and, and reminding the patient that we're not fixing anything and we only get paid for fixing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on you. Unfortunately, this is a crisis management kind of policy. It's not about wellness and prevention. And so it's on you to understand that if you're going to do wellness and prevention, it's very commendable, but it's also going to be at your expense uh-huh. again. And don't apologize for it. You know, yep. people like to, they would rather spend a little bit of money now than to save, you know, for a lot of money being spent later. Perfect. So yeah, just, it's about understanding it. And then obviously some of the confidence. So let's touch on that, Rob, a little bit. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on having the confidence level and what it can do to achieve, to be able to, to run this, the right way and still be super successful. Well, there's, there's, when we've talked about this and we talked about this the last time, there's so many hats you have to wear as a chiropractor, right? Mm -hmm. We have at least five different jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike and I are are focusing on the uh, administrative and risk management aspect. Mm -hmm. And then to some extent, the clinical aspect. And from our standpoint, the clinical aspect, what we see is that there's people who are struggling run to one of two camps. They either run to the hardcore evidence-based side of things, which is where we'd prefer they ran, mm-hmm. honestly, but there's an extremism there that is also problematic. Um, most of what we do with patients after a certain point becomes uh, sort of visit-by-visit analysis. We need to be able to uh, assess people ongoing. Mm-hmm. Right. The, uh, the evidence-based world gives us a clue of how to do that, at least to start out with, but it doesn't, it's, it's a little bit cookie cutter. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't help us to actually manage if 10 people come in with the same condition, 
they might have 10 different diagnoses really and 10 different treatment plans. And the same person might have a different treatment approach from visit to visit. If you understand the concepts of how the, this stuff works. Mm -hmm. And so we see that extreme where people are just cookie cuttering it. Yep. And then we see the other extreme where people run to the, what we call the philosophy based subluxation based side where we're not treating anything. We're just adjusting subluxations and letting the body do its thing. Right. Yep. That makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I think it could. But it, I, you know, I came sarcasm, I came out of, sarcasm. Right, right. Well, I came out of Life West and back in the mid '90s, and I fully believed when I got out of school that if I adjusted people, they would all get better. Yeah. And since I actually paid attention and didn't just continue to drink the Kool Aid, I saw that some people got better, mm -hmm. but a lot of people didn't get better fully and a lot of people didn't get better at all. And so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of gray area in practice that doesn't lend itself to dogma, that doesn't lend itself to hard and fast rules or cookie cutter approaches. And we want to we we shine the light on that for people and offer them the confidence to live in that world because that's the real world. So let me ask you a question on that. What are some of your th thoughts and recommendations from the clinical side of things for these chiropractors? Not like, okay, you need to do these techniques or whatever, but just from your recommendation on if they're struggling with that or they want to get better, what would you say to that chiropractor? Well, frequently more is not better, right? Mm -hmm. We see a lot of folks uh, adding a lot of initials after their names yes. and going to all the seminars. Mm -hmm. And so their, their knowledge is a mile wide, but yeah. usually their application is about an inch deep. Yep. So more isn't better. Simplify is probably the way to go. Simplify and, and, and zoom in on what you're really good at, mm -hmm. focus on that, and start from there. And then the second thing is I don't see enough chiropractors using a test, treat, retest type of approach. Okay. So they, they're not engaging with the effects of whatever treatment they're offering. And if, the, if, if chiropractors just would start with those two things, just mm -hmm. simplify, get out of your head, simplify, and then really be with the patient. Mm -hmm. Even if you only have five minutes with them, really be with that patient and see, did this, did this, this thing, and we, you know, if you're a subluxation-based chiropractor, you're not going to call it a treatment. Mm -hmm. Did this adjustment have the desired effect in the moment? And then when they come back in, is that a desired effect? Uh, is that maintained? Start yeah. with those two things and we can build on that. That's great because it's just, it's universal, you know, like if you want to be an ART, you know, chiropractor and do some adjusting, you can apply what you just said to that person. If you want to do MDT, you know, like you can apply it to that. Uh, mm -hmm. That's great. I like that. Yeah. Perfect. So I want to touch base again on it. And I, I talk a lot about it. I think the thriving chiropractor is, I call it the, the three-legged stool that sits on a bedrock of communication. And so there's four things that the three-legged stool is, is uh, clinical uh, expertise. It's, it's business acumen and it's marketing. And again, communication is going to be important to all three of those. I obviously love the marketing side of things, but a lot of people forget or don't realize I spent a lot of time on the clinical side and was a, in a clinician first. And so definitely got that near and dear to my heart. 
with this whole thing with, you know, I, I love the idea that we can, we can have a really thriving practice and do it the right way. Now, if you decide to be full in network with all the insurance is great. If you decide to be purely cash, great. There's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Either way, you got to be doing it the right way. Now, would this all kind of fall under the business acumen side of things, or would you put this under the clinical side of things, Mike? Well, I mean, when you're talking specifically about insurance plans and cash-based payment things, most of it falls under the administrative side, but it goes back also to what you guys were just talking about. Um, you know, the, the, the check, treat, recheck, that's something that brings value to a visit too. You know, where we talk about lack of confidence when you're dealing with a patient who's paying more suddenly or paying all the bill at that on that visit. Mm-hmm. If you can show them that they're better just from being there, yeah. you know, that's that's part of it as well. That's part of the communication part. But as far as the administrative stuff, you know, it is, it is a foundation for the rest of it, too, because if that's failing, you can work as hard as you want to be. You can be as good as you can be. And if you're you've got holes in your bucket, you're going to never succeed. You're always going to be fighting. Yeah, I want to unpack that for a second. What you just talked about, like in, in what Rob did, and then you you piggybacked it a little bit with the the re-exam part, right? So let's just go in that re-exam side of things, and we can apply it to different things here. So, I'll, obviously, we see we probably know of a lot of chiropractors that um, will build a re-exam because it's been thirty days or whatever but they really didn't do a re-exam, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's one problem. Then we got the other chiropractor that did the re-exam and did what Rob talked about, about check and read and all that, did all that, and, but didn't, do the, didn't bill out a re-exam because they felt bad about it, right? Or they'll have the same, they'll have Bob and they'll have Mary. Bob's got a $30 copay. Mary's got an in-network deductible. Did the same re-exam after, let's just call it 30 days for the sake of argument. And build Bob the re-exam because it didn't affect his copay, but didn't bill Mary the re-exam because it would have been a 70-something dollar visit instead of what it would have been, right? That goes into that whole thing of if you did a really nice re-exam and you communicated to Mary, and then you, you would build her for the re-exam and there's a lot less likelihood she's going to be confused about the why this visit's a little bit more expensive than the previous ones and you can communicate to her and she can say, yeah, I got value out of that. Like that was worth that, whatever that one visit being a little bit more than the others. Am I on point with that? Absolutely. And and it all comes back down to communication as well. You know, going into that visit, hopefully you have Mary fill out some outcome assessments or some sort of questionnaire about what, how she thinks she's progressing on. Cause a lot of this stuff revolves around the patient. We get too tied up in results and data and all that kind of thing. But part of the, you know, the three-legged evidence stool is, is patient expectations and patient uh, desires as well. Back to all that, you know, it does come down to communication and, and, and doing it different ways for different people based on their payer, you know, gets you in a compliance nightmare. It gets you in a, you know, really sort of a, it makes your, your life harder, you know, to try and juggle through all that stuff as opposed to just having the same procedure for everyone. And if you do stop and do, like you said, a really, you know, robust reevaluation, they'll know you spent more time with them. And if you focus on the things that you found the first exam and note that those things are now improved, that's also a value builder for the patient too, that, the, that what they're doing is working and it's helping them. And so there's value there. Perfect. You know, and I talk to a lot of chiropractors and they want me to help them out with their marketing, which is great. And, and I've dove into the numbers with, with, 
with a handful of my chiropractors that I do work directly with, and I'll find a lot of times that their uh, their office visit average is is pretty much lower than it should be, and we'll we'll dissect that a little bit, and they'll admit it's like yeah I'm not billing re-exams even though I'm doing them, and I'm not billing you know the person came in and had a, a, a low back condition and I found the hip to be restricted and I adjusted it, but I didn't build the extra spinal because of whatever reason. And we unpacked that a little bit and it's like, well, you know, your goal of wanting me to help you with marketing was to bring in more revenue and have more profits. Well, why don't we actually just <laughs> target that first? And that could actually do the same thing you're wanting to do without actually having to spend money on marketing. Yeah, and I, I've consulted with a lot of practices over the years who uh, come to me and say, look, I need better cash flow. I need better procedures. I need something. And this is the very thing that's the first the first wave that most of the time they're just leaving money on the table because they're afraid to collect it. Yep. You know, they're afraid, afraid to bill it and afraid to get the money for it. You fix those procedures, their practice goes up 10, 15%. You know, their income comes up 10 or 15% a month, a year. And you fix all that stuff, then you can build out from there. Yeah, and the only overhead that might come with billing correctly and bringing in more is if you outsource your billing and they get a percentage of it, but that's fine. Right. <laughs> you know, you're not spending a thousand of more. <laughs> exactly. It's not spending a thousand dollars in new marketing strategy to, to help get it. And then you brought in $900 and you lost a hundred bucks on that, right. that math. All right, cool. So let's unveil. What do you guys got going on? How are you, how are you two going to help the, the chiropractic profession? Well, well, actually, let me interrupt. <laughs> How are you going to help even more? Because you guys both have just done a ridiculous amount for the profession already. But Rob, what's going on? What do you guys got? Okay. It's my turn. I like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Mike and I have been talking about this for a couple of years now. We've, mm -hmm. He has an area of expertise that is sort of unparalleled. Yep. And I have a point of view on practice that I think is pretty unique based on my experience. And so we're putting that together into a website slash uh, consulting coaching program called practice mechanics. And we're, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to unveil that in September actually. Perfect. I Come love on. it. Yeah. And um, what are some of the, the, the main points? I mean, obviously we've dove into some of it, but what's the, what's the pain point of the chiropractor uh, or a few of them that you really think is the, the main aspect of practice mechanics well, practice mechanics hopefully mm -hmm. is a trusted source for information right we, we, mm -hmm. we've we've discussed this a lot online and in other places there's just there's just a lot of bad information out there or incomplete information yes yeah. and so we are we've been in practice combined 50 plus years and we we feel like we've gathered all this information over the years and we want to put it in a place where chiropractors can access it all in one place and they can trust it. And it, it can be in places, it can be the type of information that sort of is, is missing from other offerings mm -hmm. that are out there, especially on the administrative and the clinical side as we've discussed. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I talk about where like, for instance, the modern chiropractic marketing group, that is a lot of, a lot of information. It's uh, it's just a bunch of dots out there, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas what we try to do when we work with chiropractors on the marketing and business side of things is we try to 
connect those dots and turn it into knowledge. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming that's what practice mechanics is going to be, is it's actually going to be the knowledge that you can trust and be confident in to apply to your practice, have, have the practice done the right way, and then you can build on the, the other shiny objects, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Mike, are you guys going to do anything as far as compliance training or assessments for, for chiropractors? Or yeah. Okay, go ahead. We can come at that a, a couple of different ways. We can actually just you know, sit down with a practice, consult with a specific practice and find out if they've got concerns or weaknesses or, or whatever, and we can gather data and see what kind of forms they're using, what kind of procedures they're go- undergoing, and fill in the gaps for that. Or I'm developing some sort of an online course that'll be in modules, you know, mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to kind of break this down because it is kind of, the concept is overwhelming yep. and the word is kind of overwhelming to people and they don't want, you know, a dump truck backed up to their office and dumped on them, you know, about what they need to do and change and as mm-hmm. far as their documentation and their record keeping and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can break that into digestible bites and we can feed that to them either, you know, with documents or with, you know, audio video or both, mm-hmm. and then have some sort of a manual at the end that they can work from too. And I, I want to touch on something too, because I, I think it's a, sometimes it goes unsaid, but I feel like a lot of people fall into a situation in their private practice to where they are afraid of letting someone in to their practice and, and kind of unveil some of the things maybe they've been doing wrong. They feel guilty about it or ashamed Mm. or or, um, maybe it's a shame because they know they're doing the wrong way or they're ashamed because they don't know what the heck they're doing. There's, I think sometimes there's a lot of, of that going on. One thing I can say about you two gentlemen is that you're not judgmental characters and going to, you know, if someone's going to trust you with this type of, unveiling of their practice there's not going to be like you know oh, i can't believe you've been doing this like this and stuff like that i'm assuming people can feel confident being able to just say you know what past is the past i want to do this the right way no one's judging me that i've been doing this the wrong wrong way for a few years uh, do you see that a lot as well some of that shame and guilt about it yeah um, and that's what the hesitancy is like you said but the nice thing is if they're reaching out for help they've already kind of admitted something Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're willing to to take that on right away. And it's interesting enough that when people reach out, you know, they need to know they can trust you. They need to know they're not going to be ridiculed and they're not going to be turned into some authority or you know, something like that. Oh, wow. And and I, we are, you know, I feel like I try to be kind and gentle, but I'm also painfully truthful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're messing up, I'm going to tell you because I don't have any other way to mince that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say you're really screwing up, but you can probably get away with it. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That doesn't feel good to me either. And I've seen enough bad things and seen enough people get in enough trouble over bad things that I want people to get it done right, mm-hmm. sleep at night, to be confident and to turn a profit, you know, yeah. and do it comfortably. Yeah. As Rob and I would say, you would probably tell them from a nice Southern gentleman way, bless his heart. Bless <laughs> his heart. <laughs> and then if you want to get the New York kind of shoot me straight, like, you know, you'll get it from Rob, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Forget I, I, about you know, it. I, I, <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> to, piggy, to piggyback on what Mike was saying, I, mean, I, I see that on the clinical side all the time. What chiropractor feels 100% confident when they're working on another chiropractor? Mm-hmm. Right? This, is the, this, is, this is the chiropractor's conundrum, right? Like they're always the most amazing chiropractor when they're not working on another chiropractor. 
emotions. Yeah. And so uh, from my standpoint, because I coach people on, on the clinical aspect and especially the manual therapy and mechanical side of, of things, what, what I see is that, yes, people are ashamed. And oftentimes people are trying to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. And they need someone who can see that and guide them to the place where their strengths lie. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think what happens too is it, it psychologically, maybe not even understanding that it is, it just really inhibits your growth. And so if you're not doing things right, you may not add the marketing strategy to it because you just know there's too many holes in the bucket and it's not worthwhile. Maybe it's subconsciously, you don't even realize it. Or your talent acquisition for good associates just tanks because you're like, I don't want this associate to come in here because and realize like I suck clinically or I've got where I'm doing shit the wrong way in, in the practice side of things. And so now you've hindered your growth because you can't bring in good talent because you're not living up to maybe what you think it should be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Yeah, admitting you've got a problem is the first step. <laughs> <laughs> and we all have problems. Yeah, all of us. No, oh, none, I, of us none, of, none of us are perfect in this game. Oh, it's so true. Everybody, everybody doing it has got something that's definitely there. And I think that's what's exciting about, uh, you know, having a, a group like this that you're able to, to do that for them. And it's, it's great. Or, it, you know, sometimes we just get left on an island if we're not careful. And Mm -hmm. and that's just not the place to be. It just doesn't help you at all. And so that's great. So uh, how can, how can they find practice mechanics and how can they reach out to you guys if they're interested in, in really being able to lay the foundation of their practice and and business and clinically. So uh, like the growth just uh, exponentially uh, improves. Well, for the short run, they can reach out to Rob or I individually. We also have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We're building our website now. We hope that's going to be launched in September. Perfect. And then we'll build out from there. Great. And then I know I'll be seeing you at Forward St. Louis. I'm looking forward to it. I graduated from there. Uh, I won't be doing Logan Basic on anybody while I'm there, oh. but I will be talking about <laughs> marketing. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, having a drink with you two gentlemen again. Yep. Perfect. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Rob, what's new in the, the world of the FTCA and, and your excitement for, uh, forward St. Louis. Wow. Uh, are we not all excited? I mean, (laughs) so, so here's, here's the thing about forward St. Louis that, that I I think people who didn't go to Kansas city last year, especially people who are newer in Mm -hmm. the FTCA Facebook group, what they don't understand is that, I mean, as, as someone who's been in practice 23 going on 24 years, I've been to countless seminars mm-hmm. and at many, many seminars, you're just hiding from people, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, because you just don't want to get into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. you just like, we are a polarized profession living in a polarized world and you just don't want it. There is a family aspect that goes on at FTCA that is unrivaled. There is a personal connections that are made, professional connections that are made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward personally to that more than anything else. And we get to see folks like Greg Cook and Annie O'Connor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you guys are speaking. Greg Friedman is emceeing the event. Like the quality of, of offerings that, is, that are going to be going on that are unfortunately going to be distracting me from the private <laughs> conversations. 
yeah. the professional conversations. I mean, to be able to get, what is it, 18 or 22 yeah. CE credits yeah. while that's going on? Come on. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's so fantastic. You know, it's funny because obviously you and I, uh, the three of us, we knew each other online for a little bit. And then we, we met at Ford KC a year mm-hmm. ago. And then this year alone from connecting, uh, Rob, you, you've been instrumental in uh, meeting with me and having a drink or breakfast be- before two of my biggest events this year. One was uh, before speaking in Parker, Vegas. And then one was the night before uh, I got married. So mm-hmm. think, about, right. think about that. I, I am not only your personal life coach. Yes. <laughs> I, am, I am your lucky charm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, will need to, you will need to keep me on a retainer for all future major life events. I did perform well after both of those meetings. So thank you, Rob. <laughs> there, there is, there is, that is not a coincidence, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so just to wrap it up, Mike, what are you speaking on at for, Forward this year? Interestingly, I'm teaming up with Greg Friedman, which mm-hmm. you know, automatically makes this better. Yes. Um, he and I are going to, as he tends to do, uh, speak about documentation. Mm-hmm. We're just going to put some good spins on it and try and make it entertaining and informative and that kind of thing and play off each other and, and cover two hours of the things that people really need to know, want to know. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'll be there. So, all I'm right, excited. guys, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to jump on a, on a call. This was fun. I might have to do more like this. So great information. Uh, I think, the biggest takeaways from this is that no matter what you've been doing in the past, it's never too late. There's no shame, no guilt. There's definitely guides here uh, to help you do it the right way. And then be f- feeling really good about the fact that you're growing the practice the right way and you're thriving. So it's out there to be had and uh, practice mechanics is going to be a great resource for you. So thanks again, gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com. Thank you.